Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Mr. Wayne! This is Iris from Seattle. This is Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. We celebrate good dads here. Hey, dads, this is for you. All right. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. What's up? What's up, everybody? What's going on, man? Welcome back, Ray. It's another one. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I feel good. I don't have a cold anymore. I still have that rasp on my voice, <laughs> so I kind of like that, you know, that little cold cough rasp on your voice. But I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. How about you? That's good. I think you're feeling good because you didn't have oral surgery. You skipped I, <laughs> out on your oral surgery. That's is that the update? They yes, from last that is week? an update. They they kicked me out. They said no, we, we don't uh, do any oral surgery on anyone coughing right now. So well, I I lucked out. <laughs> I lucked out. You lucked out. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the <laughs> Fatherhood Arise podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. This is where Ray and I talk about the intersection of faith and fatherhood. You know, Catholic dad stuff. And um, if you've been with us for a long time, we are super appreciative of your listenership. It's great to be with you and um, talk with you today. Uh, Ray, uh, we have a great day today. We do. Can I tell you why? Why, Iris? Why? Because <laughs> we got a guest. <laughs> we got an awesome guest today. That's and this right. is going to be great. Um, uh, let me ask you a question, Ray. Have you ever heard of Exodus 90? I have. I have. Yes. First of all, I didn't know that Exodus had 90 chapters. That's incredible. <laughs> I have only read like the first 50. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, we I thought, have. Uh, I thought you were the, talking about PX90. I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've done that one. I, I have a not. Long time ago. <laughs> so, uh, um, Exodus 90 is a phenomenal program. I'm sure our listeners have heard about it before, but we have James Baxter um, as a guest today. And I'm going to read the um, James's bio because it's pretty impressive. And um, probably if you're a longtime listener, some things are gonna spark for you when you hear this. Um, but uh, James Baxter is a co-founder and he has served as CEO of Exodus for five years. He attended St. John Vianney Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota and St. Meinrad Seminary and the School of Theology in St. Meinrad, Indiana before discerning God was calling him to marriage and secular life. In 2015, James assumed responsibility for scaling Exodus 90 from a seminary formation program into a spiritual exercise to bring the freedom of Jesus Christ to his men. James lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana, with his wife, Colleen, son, Joseph, and baby girl, Genevieve, they attend St. John the Baptist Parish. Welcome, James. What's up, James? I Iris, Ray, good to be with you. Excited for our, our time together talking fatherhood. I'm just, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to humbling introduction. Thank you. I'm going to just jump in real quick because, yeah, when you said St. John Vianney Seminary, we had uh, Anthony on Anthony D'Ambrosio. Anthony D'Ambrosio, yeah, friend of the show. Yes, and he said about a fight club. Were you part of that fight club? Man, I couldn't hold my own weight in that fight club for a second. <laughs> so now Anthony was a stud, and uh, yeah, when I showed up uh, at 18 my freshman year, I think he was a senior because I, I think we only overlapped for one year. 
Um, but yeah, there was a fight club. I had friends in the fight club. <laughs> so it's for um, real. And it was epic. It was a really good thing. And so, I don't know, somebody shut it down for some unexplainable reason, but uh, no, uh, if, if Anthony and I had to go head to head, there's a zero question who would win. And that is Anthony. <laughs> Man, um, I, I kind of, um, I kind of imagine, and this could be wrong, but when I was in junior high, I remember standing in the hallway and then these two guys just got after each other and were squabbing in the hallway, like actually like throwing fists. And that was like my <laughs> first time to watch a fight. And I just remember standing there in the hallway, watching these two guys punch each other. And I was like, oh, oh, like freaking oh, wow. out and like waving my hands in the air as if I was there. So like if you're watching... um. If you're watching a fight club in in the basement of a seminary, can you just like take us into that experience for a second? <laughs> Gosh, like, well, so, what so, is that like? Yeah, so Anthony would have a lot more here. Uh, I remember them definitely going in the basement of the seminary. I also think at some point they had to take it off of the seminary premises, and I think they were just like going at it in the gym, basically oh on God. campus. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't, sorry, honestly, I, yeah, I, I don't have a lot more to say other than, yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense. The guys doing it were jacked and, uh, <laughs> oh, man. and you know, it was like, man, yeah, definitely not for the faint of heart. The only thing I'd add to it is, you know, I don't know that it was quite as intense as the fight club was, but, um, we would have floor wars, uh, at, at SJV. And what I mean by that is, so, so, you know, there was this, you know, the first floor was where the chapel and the priest offices were and stuff. And then two through five were, um, you know, different, different floors. Each floor had an RA, you know, different kind of, kind of leaders with him. And, um, you know, everything was organized by floor at SJV. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so two would fight four, four turf, would fight, you know, like turf war. all of these things. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, like it is, I will never forget the, the like the, the brawls that would happen where, basically from one side because because the, the 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 dorm structure was just like like old dated just like a concrete block basically and like not a nice place at all um like aesthetically anyway but then you know but and and there was only one hallway so like basically two floors would just go at it like and it was just like braveheart <laughs> i mean it was just like so intense and a lot of times you know the brawls would happen because someone stole like the, the RA of a floor's couch. I'm like, we're going to get the couch back. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> but, oh man, such good memories. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. And, 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 you know, I will say like the lightheartedness there and the joy in all of those experiences, cause it was joy, like under all that. And it's just like, cause it was a real fraternity. Like we That's all, nice. we, you know, we were there to pray. We knew each other um it was such a powerful time to spend really formative years and uh i'll never forget uh those relationships and um you know a lot of that time's inspiration for for me for sure uh in my work at exodus as you as you share that james i just uh i just am reminded of my home life <laughs> like my kids doing that all the time i mean they're not divided by floor but they're definitely going <laughs> at it at each other in the hallway and it is kind of like a brave heart uh, time all the time here, yeah. just like oh my gosh, I have four, I have four, four boys, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, man, it's pretty wild out here. One's a baby though, so he he's just cute and wandering around, but yeah. man, those other three. So I have two, yeah, I have two kids. I have uh, my son is now two, and my daughter is two months. 
uh, oh, beautiful. And so the, the brawling that happens is very one dimensional. It's like, Hey, Joseph, calm down. You know, like, <laughs> that's right. you know, we, we don't roll trucks on baby girl. You know? That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. That's a, that's such an interesting, um, transition. And, and we all have kind of like those infants to mine's one and, and, um, Ray, you have a, a like a one-year-old too, or, um, I have a Maybe, two, like, uh, yeah, and I, a two-year-old and a newborn right now. Um, okay, total of six kids, but uh, yeah, wow. a, a two-month-old, two months now? No, no, yeah. three. Going on three. Oh my gosh, going on three months. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> well, we need a we need a section here on you know advice that you're gonna give me now that I have multiple <laughs> kids because like one was like okay you know manageable some you know one of the parents has a break, and now it's like wow like I really don't have that. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's an adjustment. And uh, my, yeah, anyway, so yeah, I'll need some advice. Oh man. That's true. We're, we're good at bad advice here. Um, but we're <laughs> celebrating good dads here and we're going to transition into our uh, first um, segment of the show. And in this segment, uh, we call it the real life of dads. Uh, Ray likes to call it dad vent. We're approaching advent and uh, he likes to vent. So um, maybe a bit, a bit of a dad vent session of um, what's going on um, in your life as a father. And so, fellas, I'm going to start it off today. Um, so, as many of you know, I'm also a teacher, and uh, we had we had a mass the other day um, at school uh, in high school, and um, students were commenting about clothing. And um, this is around my uh, it's around my birthday, and um, and and so students were commenting about other kids' clothing, and I was like, hey, hey, chill out. We're we're not going to be talking about people's clothing out here. And then they started talking about my clothing oh. and I was like, okay, I was like, guys, um, the I'm dad all about gear, the, the dad jeans. Yeah. I was like, I'm all about the dad style. Like that's, that's my aesthetic. I was like, I'm, I'm totally wearing dad clothes here. I'm not, I'm not here to be cool. I'm not here to try and be trendy with you guys. I'm just, I'm straight up dad. And then one of the students said, oh, uh, you're just a quintessential millennial. You just dress like a millennial. And I, so, okay, first of all, first of all, I'm not a, I'm not a millennial. Like I'm, I'm like Gen X, but I didn't say it. I just like zip my lip. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal that. And second of all, what does a millennial dress like? I didn't know. A I didn't know. I should go been that, that hipster look. Is that what he's saying? Right. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be, uh, should I have felt good or should I have been offended? I don't know, because actually I'm, I'm not sure about my my stance on millennials either. So uh, it was a confusing time. It was a uh, it was like a, an uncomfortable time. And it was like truly a dad moment for me. Like, <laughs> like, OK, I'm dressed like a millennial. Is that good or bad? At least they know that I'm not trying to dress like them because the, the style today is it has passed me by. But perhaps perhaps they think I'm a hipster. I, I that's what I'm guessing. I'll take that. Um, I'll take that as a good, right? Like at least. I mean, they they scaled me younger than I am, so I would call that a I would call that a win. I'd call yeah, that a I'd call win, that a win for sure. So so as a millennial, I'm you know accustomed to the commentary like top down from older generations. 
I don't, I'm not really used to the, like <laughs> the millennial comments from, from younger folks. Uh, so I wouldn't right? really know what to say to that. Yeah. yeah it's shocking, but I, I, I took it as a, I took it as a good thing. Cause I'm not quite a millennial. Yeah. So there you go. Oh man. I, Iris scale and younger. Let's go. <clears throat> I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, my dad vents. It's actually not a dad vents. And Iris is wrong about this because I don't call it dad venting, James. Um, it really is a proud moment. Dad stories. Actually, my story is that today, uh, my son, uh, he, he wanted to learn how to play basketball a while back. And so he signed up to um, for his uh, basketball team in his school. And today is his first day to, uh, to play a real game. First game. First game. It's so a good 30 minutes nice. away. Um, so after this recording, we're going to head over there. And yeah, it'll be my first time like sitting down. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know, you know, what his skill set is. I'm just going to sit down and, and, and just enjoy. So, yeah, uh, he's uh, 12 years old and and he's kind of finding his his um, the things that he, he likes to do, things that he's good at. So he's he's in that that phase. But um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I think he is too. I think I think maybe more nervous. Uh, but yeah, sitting. Ray, awesome. Ray, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Did Did you like train him up on the jumper or uh, practice his dribble? Like, or and are you gonna give him tips on that? Like, drive over there. Or are you just gonna like listen to some uh, some tunes and vibe out? See, what's, so what's here, the deal? here, my my son. I'm learning more about him. He overthinks things. I don't know where he mm. got that from, probably from me, but I'm just going to keep advising him. Hey, just, just play the game. Cause last, last night we had a discussion and he's like, I don't know if we practice enough. And he was like, you know, making some comments about <laughs> oh, his coach man. and like, they didn't practice at play. And this, I'm like, dude, just, just, just go out there and play, man. So I think that's the stance I'm going to take. Um, I'm, I'm no uh, b-ball pro or anything. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, say any uh tips or comments to him that probably will mess up his game even more but yeah i'll, I'll just tell him just just play just play out there just get out there yeah yeah just go there awesome. have fun yeah sure. i played That's basketball right. growing up early and right then, uh in the eighth grade i think it was the eighth grade no yeah yeah it's going into high school like everyone was just getting jacked you know getting like just getting serious yeah growing muscles and all that stuff and i and i would try but i just like could not and so anyway, there's just one day, this guy, Joey Hennigan, really good guy. And he went to my church, but boy, he picked me. And I mean, I flew 15 feet from him and I was like, you know what? I think I need to play a game where people can't do that to me. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of doubled down on golf and basically just did that for all of high school. <laughs> and since yeah. it's like, great, it's between me and the ball. <laughs> So yeah, fatherhood story for me jumping in. So uh, like I said, my son, Joseph, uh, is two years old now. And a couple weeks ago, um, my wife was going to go out and visit, um, with her sister who was running a marathon, uh, in Maine. So she was traveling away with our daughter and it was, you know, just a couple of days, no problem. I'll stay home with the boy. Um, but I was going to potty train him. Uh, teach him, teach him how to use the body. And um, so I read this book, you know, I was like getting into it, knowing how it works, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, first, 
first couple of days are, 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 you know, you know, it's just, it's supposed to be a weekend. No problem. I got this. I can get us to Monday. I'll figure it out. It's going well. So unfortunately my wife gets a call that her grandmother, uh, her health was failing her and mm. she's in Montreal, uh, Canada. Uh, my wife's family is from Canada. And so she's like, Hey, you know, I really got to go see her just in case these are the last moments. I'm like, okay, you know, no problem at all. That's definitely the right thing to do. She goes up there. I'll take a couple of days off work. So it's like, okay, I can make it to Wednesday, you know, in, you know how potty training goes. It's like, it's like, so you just got to be so focused. That's it's like, right. it's like they're a newborn all over again. Cause you just got to watch for like their cues. You know, you're learning how they learn, you know, basically it's anyway. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I can make it a couple more days. Unfortunately, my wife's grandmother died. Oh my and um, so no, it was, yeah, it was sad, but you know, she lived a full life. You know, they kind of saw it coming and uh, it was really, really sad. All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, they're going to have the funeral in a couple of days time. And so it's like, all right, Hey, I'll, I'll be home on Saturday. Oh, I'm wow. like, okay. I, I can do this. Like, <laughs> I'll keep going. No, I'm not working this week. No problem. I got this going, keep the potty training up. There's some ebbs and flows, you know, I'm in accidents here and there. So I get a call from my wife on Saturday. Hey, James, um, they're not going to let me home. We don't have <laughs> oh, a passport no. for our daughter who, by the way, is like oh, four no. weeks at the time. Right. And it's just like, how do you even get a passport for a four week old? Like, do you think we just showed up after the hospital to customs or whatever and asked them to print a passport? No. So in short, you can drive into Canada without one and you can't fly That's out wild. without one. So, so it's like, Hey, I'll be home. <laughs> you got to figure out a way to get a passport. Oh my God. And that, at that point, at that point, I was just like, all right, I'm breaking down, calling my yeah. parents, Help. call dad, come bail me out. I like, but at the same time, I showed up to work the next week and I'm like, man, it is so much easier to go to work than and do whatever I'm doing than to be at home full time and, and all that. So and my, my respect for my wife is out the roof. Hey, right on. My son is potty trained. He's doing great. Um, but anyway, that's real life for me lately. Uh, and it was just really special bonding time though with him too. Um, that, you know, yeah, I don't know how, how often... Do you have 10 days straight with one of your kids? Uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know. That's a special time. So yeah, I cherish it for sure. That's a real gift, man. Uh, even if you got peed on a lot or lots of your stuff got <laughs> yeah. peed on. <laughs> man, this is actually a great transition into our next segment. We ask this question to our guests, what is fatherhood? And I usually try to buy some time for our guests to think about it and stuff, but let's just dive into it, James. You know, you were talking about potty training, being alone for a bit, uh, doing solo stuff. I want to ask you that question now. What does fatherhood mean to you? Yeah, so I'm going to share, share a comment that, um, you know, it's kind of shared with me when I was uh, 18. And uh, going back to the time in the seminary, and one of the things the priest would always talk about, and this is obviously from a spiritual perspective for us in formation for the priesthood, but it's uh, you know true true for us as as um, you know laymen as biological fathers, you know who's a father? He provides, he protects, and he establishes. Um, and you know when those words were spoken, it's like you know okay great I can internalize that I can pray over that I can you know relate that you know in, in my experience with God the Father, um, 
but like now that I have kids and I have young kids and I'm, I'm really new into fatherhood compared to, to you, man, it's just becoming so true. And, and from an internal perspective, so I'm really big on, I just really pay attention to um, my body, like physically, like how do I feel when things are said, you know? Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm really, really, I just try to be as attentive and as open myself as possible. And like, when we talk about father, I just feel it so deep in, in my core, in my heart. And it's like my son, my daughter, they are, they are parts of me now. And, you know, I would just say, um, as the, their father, as the man in their life, it's like, yeah, I'm going to provide for you come hell or high water. You know, you're going to have what you need, you know, for your life. Um, over, over my dead body, <laughs> you know, is, is basically how I look at it. Yeah. I'm going to protect you, you know? And, uh, you know, it's just like, I think about, you know, threats both physically for sure, but also spiritually, it's like, no, it is on me to protect you from things that shouldn't be, you know, in your reality, uh, you know, as you grow and as you develop your hopefully very full alive, you know, Catholic infused imagination. Um, yeah, it's on me to protect you. And, um, you know, and to establish, you know, one of the things, um, I'm, I'm really big into, um, you know, I take, I take psychology really seriously. I take therapy really seriously and I just take like natural level work very seriously. And I understand it to be related to, but different from supernatural work. Like when we confuse natural for supernatural things and vice versa, I think we get into Mm. problems. And, uh, one of the things that we know from, from so much research is those first two years uh, of a person's life are foundational for how they understand who they are, how they relate to others and all of reality. And it's like in this time, that's almost, I won't say precognition because that's definitely not true, but time that they won't even remember that so much of them is being set. And so anyway, that's kind of theory and abstract, but, and so how I've taken that, it's like, okay, like I just whisper things to my kids, like, Hey, you are good. You know, like, I love you. I'm right here, you know, and I'll just say these things over and over and over. And, you know, they look at me blankly, you know, and and whatever, but I just believe deeply, like, that's what establishing for me looks like, you know, with young kids, it'll look different. I'm sure. Uh, I, I know words of affirmation will be a big part of it, but and corrections too. But, you know, um, yeah, that for me, that's what establishing looks like with two month and a two year old. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, you know, that's what I think of with fatherhood. And it's been fun to watch that come as a theory or as a, as guidance and a spiritual lecture to like, no, this is my real life now. And I need to implement it. I love, I love what you just said there. I, I think that's incredible. Um, and, um, I did that too, uh, James, when my, when, with all my boys, it was like, it was, I think it was Anthony too, or not, one of our guests that we had, it's kind of like a, a, a secret language, you know, like they don't understand, like you could say goo goo gaga, um, but like there's a, there's a language of the heart that gets communicated and I want to infuse that into my family. And, you know, it's a life-changing moment to hold a baby that, you know, mm-hmm is an existence because God gave that as a gift, but also your participation in it. Like as a dad, like I'm the father of this child. And just like being able to whisper that the identity 
into that child. Um, man, that's a, just an incredible gift um, that I've never taken for granted. And so with my four kids, they're wild. Like it's just, it's crazy time all the time here in my home. And I always think back to, oh, man, it was so sweet when I was just holding this baby. And I wonder, it's probably gonna, it would have been a lot worse if I hadn't done that. You know what I mean? Cause it's already like, we're straining at the edges. Like this is a tough job. This is a tough calling. What if I didn't try to at the, in the first few years of their life, um, just try to infuse them with their identity as the beloved of God and of, of myself and my wife. So yeah, that's, um, that's, um, critical work. Um, and what's awesome is that we get to do it, that we get to have that man. That's incredible. James, it, it, the way you answered it too, I, I just love that as well. That it's like a great reminder for us here at Fatherhood Arise. We we want to set that foundation of prayer, of prayer life. And you know, when um, when we were younger, it was easier in that sense to kind of dive into that our prayer life. Now that we're fathers and we're trying to you know celebrate good dads out there, we want we want to encourage them to to rise up. And, and what you guys are doing in Exodus 90, this uh, the spiritual exercises that, that you're inviting these men to, it brings them to prayer, right? I mean, that's exactly what you guys are, are doing, correct? Uh, and I think that's what you're doing to your kids now. And that's what I'm trying to do as well to my kids is just to whisper in their ears and say, hey, I love you. Good job. And I think that's what we're doing as fathers, right? We're reflections of our Heavenly Father. They're going to be looking for that. And, you know, and, and we pray that we're pointing them to that heavenly father's voice and quieting their hearts and hearing him say, I yeah. love you. This is, this is who you are. Yeah. And it's, right? uh, yeah, it's just a, it's an, it's a vocation to participate, you know, in, in the fatherhood of God and, and, and to, and to give a face to that, you know, as best we can and, and we'll fail and we'll mess it up and, you know, there'll be healing that needs to happen, but it's just like, that's exactly the mantle. Like that's the task. And it's a huge one, you know, and apart from the spiritual life, apart from a real interior life, it's impossible. I mean, just absolutely impossible to give your children what they are looking for uh, and what they need. So you have uh, this incredible program that I I've had the, the, kind of, it's been in my orbit for a long time that, um, uh, Exodus 90, uh, I'm out here in the Pacific Northwest and, um, and even out here, there's just so many Exodus 90 groups and, and groups of men who have been participating in, in this, uh, in this great program. And, uh, I've been invited multiple times. And, um, one of the challenges I've actually never done it before, or I haven't done it yet. I'm in that growth mindset. I haven't done it yet, but, um, I don't know if I've been like given the kind of like the full explanation of what, if I, if I were to do it, what am I getting into? So could you kind of brief us on like, for someone who's never heard of Exodus 90 before, what is it? Yeah, for sure. So why do we take a step back before we jump into like what it is to like, why are we doing this at all? And I think that you know, every company has secrets that they progressively tell the world as they go along. Um, 
And if they're not telling, you know, if they don't have like a point of view, then what they're doing isn't going to do anything. And I'll just tell you ours, um, at least one of ours. And it, for me, it's this, it's just like men's formation work is so important because it is evangelization. Like men's formation is evangelization. And what do I mean? We know that by the age of 23, 80% of American Catholics have left the church. That's a stat. So of course, the, what's the, what's the response? Like, what are we going to do about that? Okay. Yeah. College missionary work, college ministry work is really important. And obviously that's why we have uh, groups like focus and net and, you know, campus ministry programs everywhere. That's an important time. But for me, I, I look at that like, okay, well, what about the first 18 years and like, what's going wrong there such that within a few years you're done with the greatest truth and treasure that we have on the earth. Like how, how is that even possible? And what the research shows is the single most predictive factor on whether or not a child will practice the faith as an adult is the father and what his faith looks like. And so before we talk about like the what of Exodus, because, you know, it can quickly be like, Oh, cold showers, this or prayer that, or got to meet with a group who, I mean, whatever, you know, what, why are we doing this? It's, it's about forming men, freeing men and forming them in their vocation as fathers so that they can pass on the faith. Um, that's why I care about this stuff so much. That's why we do all of this. Um, and I just think it's important, you know, to remember that, you know, and it's like, you know, whether or not like Exodus 90 is for you and it's not for everyone and it's not every season is not the right season for it. That's fine. What's essential is you take your faith as a man, as a future husband and father so seriously, because whether you like it or not, yeah. your kids watch and they're going to do what you're doing. Um, and I would say, I've been saying this for years. I've been saying this before I was a dad. And the reason for that is I've seen this in my own family, the dads that care, all of those kids practice the faith, the dads that didn't, none of those kids care. Um, and so I would just say for us, like, that's why we're so passionate about this work. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, what informs everything about it, you know, as for, you know, Exodus 90 in particular, it's, it's, it's simple. I mean, it's really just a, a spiritual exercise to grow in freedom. And, and, and what does that mean? It means developing a prayer life, practicing asceticism and being accountable to other men, you know, who are uh, encouraging along the way, you know, for us, uh, prayer is uh, fundamental, you know? And so guys, as they make their way, you know, through the book of Exodus journeying to a, uh, you know, metaphorical promised land of freedom, are, you know, developing a profound interior life, committing to a holy hour. Uh, a part of Exodus is obviously an ascetic uh, regimen. And, you know, the point of all of that is, is like, hey, we can't say yes to the big things until we've said no to the things that often get in our way as men. You know, and for everyone, parts of it are hard. Other parts are really easy. If you've been in formation, it's really not that challenging, honestly. Um, I actually... A lot of guys I, I would hope would see like, yeah, it's really not that intense. It's just giving you a structure, you know, and then, you know, that is coupled with the fraternity experience. Like Exodus is not about self-help. Um, it's not about, you know, just gripping this hard thing and doing it because it's a challenge. Uh, it's about a community. It's, and, and it's about, you know, building relationships. 
you know, with, with other men, um, you know, so our guys have anchors that they check in with on a daily basis and a fraternity that they meet with weekly, you know, and then, and then I just wrap it up by saying like, it's not just about 90 days. Like these are fundamental pillars of the Christian life, prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. Um, you know, and, and, and for us, how we look at Exodus is it's very much a springboard. We hope to a new kind of faith, a faith that's grounded in prayer, a faith that's real, that practices discipline, like every single saint you've ever heard of and, you know, has a community, uh, uh, you know, around them. So, so for us, it's just a springboard. It's a beginning to what we hope is a a more intentional, uh, relationship with God. So. I love that. Why the, just grabbing onto it. Um, this, if we don't take our, our manhood seriously, if we don't take our role as father seriously, there's, there's actual consequence and so much of so much of like the the teenage life is um it's like man my life is inconsequential i'm not called to anything i'm just kind of out here for pleasure and i I see this in like the high school life and and i wonder if you have some insight into that um uh like between like zero to 18 that that um because I, I have a strong sense that maybe it's where I live or the communities that I work with, but you know, it's hard to get young men to feel like they're leaders or they can grasp their faith or, or kind of take charge of it. So, you know, it's kind of unsurprising then later that there's a lack of leadership from fathers because they weren't built to be men who are, who are leading in their faith as young people. Do you, do you have some kind of insight into, to that piece? Yeah. But I I just say that gap is, is probably right, right at home, you know, with what, what kind of father and, and how is he modeling like his fatherhood to his kids? Like, does he take himself seriously? One of the things that's so interesting when you look at the culture and like cultural stereotypes and uh, caricatures of fatherhood is they almost like try to explain it away. It's like, oh, you know, don't, don't be so mean or don't be so harsh or this, this doesn't matter or whatever. And I'm not someone that just lives under a rock. I'm very culturally aware, integrated, you know, whatever. And um, I'm a normal person, but, but at the same time, I do see these kind of like subtle and not so subtle, like, Hey, calm down. This stuff doesn't matter. And, and, and the reality is, is it does. And it's like, so, so if there's a young man, I even, I, you know, to just stop, this from being abstract. When I look at my own experience of why fatherhood mattered to me is I look to my dad and I look to the priests that were in my life and they, they represented men who took it seriously, who, who knew that they had a responsibility, you know, to pass on the faith. I'll never forget my dad. He, he was not really in the faith uh, until I was a, um, you know, I don't know, I was probably, probably six or seven years old. And the greatest gift of his conversion, he said, was that it wasn't too late to pass on the faith to me and to my brother. And he did that. But but I remember vividly how different he was mm. after his conversion. And, and our, our relationship was different, too. I mean, we would spend intentional time together. We would pray when we sinned. We would he would take us to confession, you know, like these basic things that just like really instilled in me a model of fatherhood. And, and, and I think when you don't have that, or when your dad's not engaged, when your dad's not present, when your dad's not taking his own vocation seriously, it's, it's probably even easier for some of these cultural lies to just seep into you 
And then all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, chill out, you know, like doesn't, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a slippery slope, man. Um, and it's not going to lead to, to a place that's true because the people in your life really care and your kids will really care, you know, what you I, model to them. I pinch myself sometimes. This is crazy because we're, I'm, I'm in a phase and maybe I'll just say it with you guys as well. We are in a phase right now of our lives where, we th- we are brought back to memories of when we were kids and how we were um, on how our relationship with our father was right back back in the day. I was I remember what was that? Maybe like last week I was drawn to a memory that I had. I think I was maybe two or three years old when we first first moved into our uh, our house. And this was in the Philippines. And I'm like, well, I haven't thought of that memory in a while, but you remember those memories. I remember being carried by my dad, things like that. Like, it's just so bizarre now that we're in this phase of our life where we're now fathers and we're like thinking back of how we were fathered or those people that we looked up to when we were younger. And now we're like, we have that choice. All right, well, they did this well. I want to improve on this part. And 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 now we have that mm-hmm. choice to make like, all right, well, there's this formation going on in my household, but who's forming me? And it's easy for me to be like, I'm going to do this by myself. You know, like um, we had a, 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 a recent episode where I kind of admitted, I'm like, I don't really need to make friends. I'm, I'm good with the friends that I have. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need to make friends. But then now what, what you said, or that, that third part that you said about Exodus 90s, that the, the community, the fraternity of, of this brotherhood, I think it's much needed, right? It's um, that, I need to look at other men. I need to to kind of um, be accountable as well to them and, and for them as well. So I think that's a big, important part of it. Yeah, and there's just a truth that like another man can speak to a man, you know, and um, I'm not real big on like man rants and like, you know, where have all the good men gone kind of uh, satires. But like when you're man to man with someone you know, and, and someone whose history yeah. you know, whose sins you're trust, aware of, yeah. someone you trust, you know, someone who's there for you. It's like they can both call you on, but then offer you the compassion that you deserve and you need when you're not up to to your full stature, like we all are, you know. And it's just like, if I'm just honest, you know, it's just like your spouse is massively significant sacramental relationship in your life. You know, they, they, they are a kind of an image, an icon of, of the relationship with, with God, you know, and, and they are like, that's your vocation as a husband, as a father, for sure. I just think that it's so important to have other relationships with, with men that, that are, that understand the struggles uh, and that can call you on probably, you know, sometimes even, you know, better than, than, than your spouse can in certain regards, because they know, you know, the masculine experience. And, and I would say, you know, that similar is probably too, too, true on the flip. Like my, my wife needs her friends, her, you know, her, 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 you know, the, the, the sisters that she went to college with, you know, and, and she needs them and they offer her something that I can't. Um, and, and I think it's just important to accept right. that. And I, I really do think that that's probably a, you know, we try, the culture has tried to, to explain away the differences of the sexes and that's a lie and that's not scriptural. And as a result, like, great, we need to take it seriously in a number of ways, but, but one of them is having friendships 
good friendships uh, with others of the same sex. And, um, you know, there's, there's something in those relationships that's special. And again, it's not only like a, you can be better kind of thing, though that's part of it. It's also like a compassion and an understanding and a mercy because you've been there and, and you know, um, you know, you know, the struggle from, from inside. Um, yeah. It's just so important to have that in your life, regardless of, of where you're at. And I've just been so fortunate in my whole life, you know, from a young age in, in, you know, church fraternities to the seminary to now in my work with Exodus and building fraternities all around the world. It's just, it is so powerful what comes, the fruit that comes from those relationships. So James, you've been involved with Exodus for a number of years now, and you must have seen a lot of incredible transformations and successes uh, in that. Can you kind of share, like what's inspired you? What, what have you seen um, in, in Exodus 90 and how it's affected uh, men and helped them to uh, figure out their why? Yeah. Yeah. So the testimony dimension to this is why I'm still here seven years later, why our whole team goes to work every day. Mm. Um, if this was not delivering, uh, in some cases, a life-changing impact, uh, I just wouldn't be here. I'd, I'd figure out something else to do. Um, I can look back, honestly, at some of the dark times of trying to start something from nothing. And it's really hard to do that. And you guys probably get some of that with, with you, even your show, you know, it's hard to create anything, uh, especially when you feel called by God, but the path is not obvious. Um, and there are so, so many times, like I almost just was like, you know, I'm done with this. I just, I can't do this anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I'm broke or I'm whatever, you know, and I just can't keep doing this. And, uh, but it's different as you go along, the struggles are different, but what always keeps me, keeps me coming back is just like, what the men say, you know, and there's a few times early on where it's just like, wow, if that person had not called me up, I was done. You know, I'll never forget showing up to a guy's house named Scott and he was in Indianapolis and he just, just uh, broke, broke down. And it was just like, he's just like, I had no idea how enslaved I had become to the world and, 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 and to, to, to his own attachments and Exodus opened me up to a freedom that I had no idea that I needed. And I was a good man going to church. And, and, you know, the truth is that the testimonies look as different as the number of men, but that's one of my favorite things. Like you talk to I mean, the, the guys in Exodus, they're, they're so different. Like they're from so many different places. You know, I mean, we're in over 70 countries now, you know, we've got guys old and young. I mean, 26 to 40 is kind of our sweet spot. But, you know, the, the testimonies are as different as the men. And I think what's so cool is just that the fundamentals of the faith deliver for all of them. <laughs> Prayer, asceticism, fraternity. We didn't create these things. Like these are these are the inheritance of, inheritance of the church. And some people are like, oh, man, I don't need Exodus. I've got the church. And I'm like, you're right. You're so right. But what you're missing is that so many people don't take the church up on what the church is offering. Mm. Uh, and uh, so that's what we've done. And I think it's just so moving to, to watch how those graces unfold, but yeah, it's just different. You know, so for some guys, their marriages are really on the brink. And a lot of the times it's because they're distracted. They're working too much. They're obsessed with their career, whatever. And they realize like, no, like this is, that's not the legacy I really want to leave. You know, like my legacy is at home. Um, 
you know, for younger guys, it's like helps them prepare, you know, for their vocations. Um, for others, like they're, they're, you know, we get vocation stories that come out every year and it's just like crazy, you know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. On day 63, I realized, you know, God was calling me to the monastery and, 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 you know, it's so crazy that it's, it's fun because it's just it's so obviously not my doing. It's so obviously not our team's doing like, we're just, we're doing the best we can to, to create a great experience and to reach as many people as possible. Um, but, but the graces are so different, uh, for, you know, and it's as different as the guys that, that we see. So. Thanks again, man, for joining us in our podcast. I, this is, this is great. As Iris mentioned, it's always been in my orbits as well. It's always been like, there's always an in that invite. Um, I know there's like different seasons for it. Maybe it's not yet my season. Maybe it is very soon, but how does one get started with it? Should I start one? How do, how do I start one? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's a discernment, you know, and I, and I, I, you know, you don't, don't need to force it. Okay. It's just like, Hey, when it's the right time, it'll be the right time. And I, that, you know, that's got to start in prayer, you know? And so one of the things that's really important, you know, most of our guys are married and we really encourage them to have the blessing of their spouse going into this because it affects your life and it affects, you know, how you spend your time, you know? And if, if, you know, for, as an example, two years ago, when we had our first son, Joseph, my hands were full. I mean, I was learning how to be a dad. I don't have time to whatever, you know, all, you know, all these things, you know, it's like, yeah, I was trying to pray as much as I can, but could I, you know, do, do everything, you know, that that's involved with Exodus? Not really. And I just, I talked to my spouse, like, here I am leading this team. I've committed to doing this every year. And I, I'm just talking to her. I'm like, you know, this really isn't the right time for me. You know? Mm-hmm. And she totally confirmed that for me. So the first thing is just like, Hey, is it the right time for you? You know, in the circumstances of your life, pray over it to us. Like this is a fundamentally a spiritual work. I would not do this if this was not a calling from God. And as soon as it's not there, I'll go do something else. That's a little more regular (laughs) and more normal, but it's like, it's a calling to us. So it should be a calling to you. Now that calling can manifest itself in an invitation from a friend. It often does, you know, um, it often does, but, but I would just say, you know, pray over it, you know, make sure it's the right time, you know, talk to your spouse, um, you know, and I would just say, you know, for, for, for us at Exodus, there's so much more that we're offering now than just Exodus 90, you know, and so, you know, getting into a rhythm of reading scripture, you know, we've got a weekly newsletter, you know, that helps men do that. You know, we've got challenges now, seven day challenges to just get you kind of used to different ascetic practices, which, um, it's a little bit of a shell shock at the beginning. Most of the time at the beginning, you really like it actually, because you realize there's just a lot of lies you've believed. Like for example, everyone talks about how busy they are until you remove your distractions and you realize actually how much time you have. <laughs> it's overwhelming. And, and, and guys like are like, Oh my gosh, like I can read. Oh, there actually is time for God. Oh, I can actually go on dates with my wife. If I would just cut out this garbage that is just consuming my life. Um, you know, so anyway, there's, there's a lot of, but at the same time, it can be a lot, you know, to, to like, okay, cold showers, fast, all these things. And so, you know, okay, you know, let's start to, to, to build some of these muscles. So we have seven day challenges, like, you know, getting you into rhythms of cold showers or, you know, fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, you know, so a couple of those challenges you can, you, you can try out for sure. You know, you know, and, the, and, the, and then the last thing, you know, is just simply uh, to, to remind you, it's like, Hey, you know, a lot of guys come to Exodus, 
in that January time leading up, um, you know, through Lent to Easter Sunday, that's when we see like 75% of our guys every year. Um, you know, but, but guys do, do start at other times. And, uh, like I've mentioned, we actually have a whole biblical series now for men where you can continue your journey through the Bible, you know, with this prayer, ascetic and fraternal, uh, focuses, you know, that make Exodus 90 so special. It's different. It's not as intense. Uh, it's much more realistic and kind of adapted to just the demands of, of everyday lay life. Um, but it's very much meant as a continuation, you know, like freedom is not a 90 day thing. Like, it's just not, and we've, you know, we don't suggest it's a magic bullet. You don't, you know, we're very realistic about this. It's a helpful step forward, but formation is every day. Formation is a lifetime, you know, and um, as soon as your formation stops, you're not, not going to a place you want to go, man. Right. <laughs> not, not, not in the times we live in. And so, so really we, you know, we've kind of worked over the last seven years to build out that ongoing roadmap for men. You know, and so I'd say whether Exodus 90 is for you right now or not, there's a lot of different offerings that we have, which you can check out on our, our site, exodus90.com and, and learn a little bit more about. Uh, we've also got a, a support team, you know, that typically responds to, to any questions within a couple couple minutes. Uh, so, so reach out to us there. Um, you know, but, but it's as simple as that. Now, if, if Exodus 90 is something you're really interested in, you know, I just encourage you to, you know, this again, it's not a self-help thing. So who are the men in your life that, that might need this too? Your brothers biological or just spiritual, you know, men from your church, you know, but uh, I also love the guys that find themselves in Exodus fraternities who don't don the doorsteps of churches. Um, guys, you know, who trust you that are interested in what's going on here, but, but maybe are not, not really ready for the fullness of the faith. Exodus can be a really interesting bridge. Um, yeah. I mean, like 5% of our guys are so not active Catholics. And, and so I would just say it's an evangelical opportunity as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so all, you know, there, there, there's a couple steps there, but uh, yeah, start in prayer, start with the blessing of your spouse and yeah, if it's for you, take it up. I love it. I think that's great. I also that, you know, the, the Exodus story isn't the end of the Bible. There's, <laughs> there's so much more and it, it is an ongoing formation. And, and I think what you, what you touch on is, that everything that we're trying to do as men, this is a this is a continuation, and you gotta find you gotta find these. The the riches of the church are there to help us to be who God made us to be, and you've found that avenue and um, are leading a fantastic organization through Exodus ninety that's really helping concretely so many men around the world um, to discover who they are and whose they are and um, and to increase that their their faith and help them to live their lives. So I love it and I love um, everything that uh, continues to all the fruit that gets um, born out from um, from what you're doing. So uh, this is incredible and I, I'm totally going to check it out and and um, talk to my wife and pray about it because um, that's exactly what, what I want to do. That's the, the goal of my life. And I'm sure that's where a lot of us are. Uh, James, as we uh, wrap up this podcast, um, I just really have loved having you on. And I, there's so many more questions. And um, you're like the realest guy, which I love. Like, this is the most real um, among the real conversations that we've had. And um, I really enjoy that, that um, the, this is the intersection of faith yeah, and fatherhood. Man. This is where, this is what we're trying to do. Um, and 
Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to hopefully have you on again, but as we wrap up, would you lead us in a prayer? Yeah. Well, I just, just really quick dovetail by saying, yeah, yeah just thanks so much for having me, Iris and, and Ray. It's been a, been a joy to, to share this time. And yeah, you know, I think on the, on the real thing, it's like, I think sometimes in men's work and men's mission in the church, you know, it can be a little bit like, you know, having it all together, having it all figured out, right. being strong, you know, all this stuff. And I don't know, you know, for me, if I'm just honest, I'm like, I don't have it all figured out. Like there's a lot I'm working through. And I think most men understand that and know that like deep in their core. And um, that's what I love about Exodus fraternities too, is it's, it's really not like a Bible study. And I guess that'd be a little bit of a heads up. It's like, sometimes studies can, you know, um, be about kind of what you know and what you're learning. And yeah, that's, that's important. There's a need for that. But Exodus is like real life stuff, man. It's like, if you're going to it to express, you have it all figured out. Like Exodus is not really for you. Like Exodus is about the story of the Israelites who literally don't have it all figured out, who get lost in the desert, who go up, down and all around and build calves and worship them. And like, that's, and that, that, but that's real life, man. And, and, you know, and so I, I would just say, you know, it's like, Hey, let, let's be on the journey together. And, and, and by grace, we'll have what we need to, you know, to get where we need to go. So awesome. Yeah. So I'll close you guys in a prayer, actually a little story too. This is a fatherhood story. Hopefully I'm not going on too long, but so I found this prayer to St. Joseph, uh, that, uh, I, I like loved. I started to pray it before work every day. And then I was like, you know, I really want any, any of our team members to, to pray this prayer before work. Cause I think it just really orders your work. And then I went home and I was talking with my dad who I told you a little bit about his story earlier. And I told him about this prayer and he went to his little prayer chair that he has. Uh, I vividly remember him praying in every morning before work. And he pulled out a prayer card I had never seen before. And he's like, yeah, so this was at my office every day after my conversion, I'd pray this prayer. And it was this tattered wow. prayer card. And it was the same prayer that I had kind of that's stumbled amazing. into. And I was like, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that's yeah. it, man. So anyway, uh, we pray this every day. So I'll just close this with that, if that's all right. Lovely. Awesome. All right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's remember we're in the presence of a holy God. O glorious St. Joseph, model of all those who are devoted to labor, obtain for me the grace to work conscientiously putting the call of duty above my natural inclinations to work with gratitude and joy in a spirit of penance for the remission of my sins, considering it an honor to employ and develop by means of labor, the gifts received from God to work with order, peace, moderation, and patience without ever shrinking from weariness and difficulties to work above all with purity of intention and detachment from self having always death before my eyes and the account that I must render of time lost, of talents wasted, of good omitted, of vain complacency in success, so fatal to the work of God. All for Jesus, all through Mary, all after thine example of Patriarch St. Joseph, such shall be my motto in life and in death. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Oh, James, that was great. Um, lovely so prayer. Much. I love that story too. Um, if anybody wants to 
learn more about Exodus 90 or learn more about you, is there places that they can go? Where are you guys at on the web? Yeah, just exodus90.com. Um, our apps are in the app store, uh, whatever you got, Google Play or iOS. You can download uh, the Exodus 90 app there. Uh, I don't have social media uh, after my first Exodus. I never went back, um, but you can, you know, I'll be uh, increasingly, you know, blogging on our own site. So you can kind of kind of follow me, follow me there. There is also Exodus 90 on Instagram and all the social medias though. So you're not there personally, but Exodus 90 is. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, so we have, we have some folks that help us with that. That's right. Yeah, just awesome. to be there and um, yeah, hopefully hopefully lead people into the freedom that uh, Exodus offers. So, absolutely. Thanks again, James. How about you, Iris? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at called to rise or check out my website, calledtorise.org. How about you, Ray? Continue to follow us on our social media platforms at Fatherhood Arise. And also visit us on our website, fatherhoodarise.com. If you have any questions, any ideas of uh, podcast episodes uh, and any themes or topics, let us know. Email us on fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Again, that's fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Well, this was excellent. Um, a great a great day for us um, and uh, an excellent conversation this morning. James, thanks so much once again for being on with us. And God bless you in your ministry and um, all the great work that you're doing and with your family. And I'm glad that your kids body train. <laughs> <laughs> Iris, Ray, thanks so much. Yeah, and uh, blessings on you and your families too. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, brother. Peace. All right, peace.